is the Big Church Podcast. Good morning. Happy Easter. Listen, I am so glad to see each and every one of you. Everybody wave at me. All right. Well, through the smoke, I see all of you out there. Last year, it was, how many would say last year was a kind of a difficult year, right? Well, last year, I remember preaching Easter Sunday, and there was maybe 14 or 15 people sitting out here and was preaching to a camera. I am so glad to see you here this morning. You don't know what a privilege it is to be in the house of God on Easter Sunday when you look out last year when there was nobody here. God is so good. So glad to see you live and in person. And listen, even though last year was difficult and it was rough, um, thank you online. It's good to see you this morning because we've been able to reach more people this year outside of the church walls because of our online services. So it's allowed us to reach out farther and, and see more people. We're starting to hear people from all over the country that are starting to tune into Big Church. So thank you for watching online. Thank you for supporting us online. Let's give our online a hand clap this morning. As we talked about last week, we called last, this whole past week is called Passion Week. And we watch it unfold as Jesus rides into town. And, and you know, he's, he's riding in and they're crying, Hosanna, Hosanna, which was praise to the king. And they, they, they were looking at somebody, they were looking for an earthly king. They didn't realize what kind of king was riding actually into town. And just a, few, just a day later, he walks in the church and he starts correcting all of the religious folk. How many know in here that the religious folk don't like to be corrected? Oh, I got some religious folk out there right now going, don't you correct me. But he starts correcting the religious folk. And, and what happens is, is over a period of just a couple of days, uh, um, the, he goes into the garden. And just in a couple of days, they're crying Hosanna one day. And a couple of days later, they're crying what? Crucify him. Oh, how shallow our praise is and how, uh, how quickly we forget how good God is. So then we know he goes into the garden and, and he's accused falsely and then he's crucified. So my, uh, the part of the story I'm at right now is, is they're taking Jesus off of the cross. And when they take him off, he's placed in a tomb and there's few people at the funeral. If you know anything about COVID this year, there's been many funerals and I, and I feel sorry for people that have not allowed to have uh, too many people. There's been some deaths in the family that just not allowed to have that full grieving moment because there's only been so many people that's been allowed at the funeral. Well, that's how what happened with Jesus. Not too many people showed up. And you know what a tomb feels like? A tomb feels hopeless. It feels depressing. It feels sorrowful, sour, sorrowful. That's my Eastern Kentucky come out saying that's sorrowful. And it feels ending. It feels like something's over. But back in those days, the tomb represented this. It represented honor. It represented money. It represented respect because not too many poor folk had a tomb. So Jesus, I'm going to give you this. He borrowed his tomb. And what that shows you is the humility that he had. He had nothing on earth. You know what? He didn't have a house. He didn't have possessions. And he didn't have a position. So many times we think that our house makes us something and what our bank account says about something or our status tells us something. But Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords came and he laid it all down for you. The title of my message is today, the grave is empty. Luke 24, 1. Now on the first day of the week, 
Very early in the morning. Can I get some young folk to say very early in the morning? That's not 12 o'clock. Just putting that out there. Very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. Say prepared. So the women go to the tomb. The tomb feels hopeless. And why do they even go to the tomb? You know, Jesus is dead. What's the use? Why do we even need to go and do that? Because they could have put something in their mind saying, everybody else is quitting, so we might as well quit too. So many times we look around us at the circumstances and the situations that we're in and we see people running away from God and we see people going in the other direction and they say, well, you know what, if everybody else is doing that, we must might as well quit too. And here's what happens. They're thinking, what in the world are we gonna do when we get there? Because of this, it was dangerous because Jesus was not popular at that time. And anybody that followed him was not popular at that time. Actually, they were seeking them out to try to kill them too. It's dangerous. Plus, there are guards outside too. And also, there's a large stone that had been put over top of the tomb. And they knew when they got there, you know, I don't know. My wife's a boss babe. She's pretty strong. They knew that they probably could not move that stone on their own. And they started thinking, how were they going to do it? I don't know, you get a bunch of women together, they can figure it out. Shout out to our women out here. I knew I was gonna get a standing ovation on that one. But the women went to the tomb. Come on, guys. Oh, let me go. Here we go. Stop. They couldn't move it on their own. How were they going to do it? Let me tell you something. There are many stones in your life that you've been trying to move on your own. You've been pushing, you've been pulling, you've been struggling, you've been striving. Can you identify some of those stones in your own life? Could it be fear? Could it be depression? Could it be addiction? Could it be some family issues? Y'all got a cray-cray family out there? Could it be your marriage? Is your spouse? No, never mind. It's all her fault. That woman you gave me. I see a lot of guys doing that and the wives are going, no, no, it's the other way around. You know that. But the stone's in your life. It could be your marriage. It could be a spouse. It could be your kids being crazy. Amen. It could be that debt that you've been trying to get out of. You feel like there's no way out. You keep struggling to try to move that stone on your own. Here's what you can know, that just like Jesus, just like the stone at the tomb, God can roll away the stones in your life. Can I just tell you something this morning? Jesus is the original rolling stone. Mick Jagger ain't got nothing on Jesus. You never know what you're gonna get when you come in this church. If you're visiting, I'm not sorry. Jesus is the original rolling stone. He is still rolling stones in your life. He can move that thing that you said is impossible. He can move that thing that you said is incurable. He can move every obstacle in your life. It's not impossible with him. It says they prepared. Say prepared. 
even though they didn't know how or how they were going to move the stone, they still prepared. They probably, you're probably in life gonna have obstacles, Keep preparing. You're probably gonna have setbacks in life. You gotta keep preparing. You're probably gonna have disappointment in your life. You gotta keep preparing. Why? Because preparation gives you access. Let me prove it to you. Look at verse two. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Your preparation allows things to move in your life. If you prepare, God opens every door that you might be, you might think it's been locked. Maybe you think it's been bolted up. And maybe you think that, man, there's cobwebs all over it. But I'm going to tell you something. Your preparation allows God to open every door in your life. It makes you ready to handle life when life happens. Does anybody know life happens out there? Anybody, any life happens out there? Everybody should have their hands up right now. Because life happens. Look at verse three. And then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it, and it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this. And behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Joy, happiness was replaced by what just happened. We're happy. We got to the tomb. The stone's gone. Oh my gosh, I'm going in. This is going to be great. But then they walk in and, and they didn't find the body. And, and not only is he dead, but now somebody has stolen his body. It looked like the end of the story. Listen to me. The enemy is always trying to convince you that it's over. He's always trying to tell you there's no hope. He's always trying to tell you that you'll always be a certain way. I feel like preaching in here because I've got to tell you something today. Something's... It looked like the end of the story. What do you do when he comes for you? Bad boys, bad boys. I've been in the back of a couple cop cars. I know what he does when he... No matter how it looks, you got to remember that it's not the end of your story. Sometimes you got to tell the enemy. Sometimes you even got to sing the song to the enemy. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. He took you out of your darkness into his marvelous light. You ought to be happy in this place this morning. Come on, if you can't get excited, your exciter is broken. Jesus is alive. Wow, that was good. <laughs> Listen, you got to remember, his promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. If he said it once, he'll do it again. 1 Corinthians 1.20 says this, For all the promises of God in him are yes, and amen. Yes and amen. Yes, I'm going to do it. And amen, it's done. Good job. <laughs> Philippians 1.6 says, being confident, say confident, of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it. If he starts it, he'll finish it. If he began it, he's going to take it through to the end. But sometimes, listen, 
But sometimes our confidence in life is shaken. Sometimes our faith is shaken. Sometimes fear creeps in and we start listening to another story. And listen, all sometimes disappointment sets in too. And what happens when that does? It makes us forget what he's done. How many times has the enemy come in and started playing that same old, same old country song to you? He starts playing that thing over and over and over, and you forget all of the stones that have been rolled away. You forget all of the good things that God has done. Look at verse 5. And then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? And the King's Version says, Why do you seek, why do ye seek the living? There's a ye in there that makes it more powerful. Yee yee. Why do you seek the living among the dead? I'm asking you this morning, why do you keep hanging out in the graveyard? Why do you keep going back to that past? Why do you keep going back to that toxic relationship? Why do you keep going back to that addiction? Why do you keep going back to that behavior? Why do you keep going back to that fear? You got to leave some of that stuff in the graveyard. You got to quit trying to bring dead things back to life. You know why? Because you've already been to the funeral. You've already said your goodbye. Think about that thing you've already buried once, yet you dig it back up. You've always said goodbye, you dig it back up again. You need to understand, you went to the funeral, you said goodbye, you said rest in peace, as I'm saying, don't try to keep digging it up. I'm preaching to me this morning too. You can't resurrect something that God has killed. Jesus was not resurrected. He was not resuscitated, sorry. He was resurrected. People are brought back each day. They're resuscitated every day. But they're going to eventually die. God doesn't resuscitate. He resurrects. What he does, he doesn't want to bring you back to the old life that you used to have. But he wants to give you the new eternal one he has. Verse 6. Verse 6, let's go here. He is not here, but he is risen. Remember how he spoke to you. He told them what was about to happen. They didn't listen too well. Isn't that just like us sometimes? I I told you already what I was going to do, but you didn't listen too good. Remember how he spoke to you when he was in Galilee. Let's go to the graveyard for just a moment and visit. I'm going to tell you there's a grave somewhere in Saudi Arabia. There's a grave somewhere in China. There's a grave somewhere in Sri Lanka that holds the remains of Muhammad and Confucius and Buddha. John Smith is buried somewhere out there. There's DNA that shows that they were there. But let me take you to a borrowed tomb in Jerusalem. Let me take you on a journey to a borrowed tomb in Jerusalem. Borrowed means to use with the intention of returning. He borrowed his, they're buried in theirs. There are no remains. There are no DNA. Why? Because he's not there. He's risen. Let's look at John 20, verse 6. Man, I'm wound up this morning. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and he went into the tomb. And he saw the linen cloths, as you saw up here, laying there. 
And the handkerchief that had been around his head was lying with the linen cloths, but folded together in a place all by itself. You saw what happened up here with, as she stripped off. They were all over the place, right? That culture at that time we had a servant to set the table. And when he set the table, he put a napkin out. And he watched the guests as they were eating. And as the guests were eating, when they were done, they wadded up the thing signifying that they were done. They just wadded it up and pitched it on the, on the plate. But... When they, had, when they folded their napkin, you know what that meant? It meant they were returning, they were coming back. So we didn't see a bunch of wadded up old clothes in the corner. We saw a folded grave clothes, which means that Jesus said, don't worry. You don't have to be fretting about your old grave clothes. I'm coming back. This shows you. He left the grave clothes behind, and I'm asking you this morning, what attitudes, what actions, and what mindsets are you still holding on to or hanging on to like that old sweatshirt that you should have thrown away a month, five years ago? How about them sweatpants that you're still growing into that you probably need to take them to Goodwill or throw them in the trash? But what attitudes are you still hanging on to like that tattered sweatshirt? You cannot get comfortable in what you're wrapped in. Jesus said you got to come out of your grave clothes. You know why? Because he's coming back for a bride, not a corpse. Oh, that's better than your amen. And he's coming back for a bride adorned in, in your nice clothes. He ain't coming back for something's dead. I'm telling you this morning, you need to take off your grave clothes because Jesus has the greatest exchange policy of everyone. Anybody like to take things back to the store? I will pray for you all. I will, I'll just assume put it in my closet and not ever take it back because I don't like to exchange them. If these pants didn't fit me yesterday, I probably wouldn't have took them back. Right? That means new pants for Easter. Praise the Lord. But Jesus has the greatest exchange policy ever. What he can do is he can exchange your spiritual rags, which are your righteousness, and clothe you in his righteousness. He can exchange that spirit of heaviness for a garment of praise. He, here's the best one. He can exchange that old you and give you a brand new you. What a bargain. That's better than Tony Melito, the dealer for the people. Some of y'all heard that one, didn't you? <laughs> what you do with God is you bring him the broken. You bring him the shattered. You bring him the, 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 the thing that you can't fit, you think you can fix anymore, and he makes it new. He left it folded behind because he said, I'm coming back. The tomb is associated with death. But listen, but because the tomb is empty, we can, have, we can be full of hope. We can have joy. We can have peace. And we can have confidence. Jesus' resurrection represented rebirth into eternal life. That means taking the old and making it new. Bringing that thing which you thought was dead back to life. I love the resurrected king verse that says, By your spirit, listen to this, I will rise from the ashes of defeat. You may think you're down for the count, but man, God is the guy that can pick you right up out of it. The resurrected king is resurrecting me. By your name, the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. Anything you're going through in your life, you just need the name of Jesus attached to it. 
Next time somebody's coming playing this up in your mind, you just need to say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. In your name I come alive to declare your victory. The resurrected king is resurrecting me. Here's the thing about Jesus. His last day on earth, and you got to hear this, can be your first day. His last day can be your first day because weeping endures for a night, but joy comes in the morning. He wants to give you beauty for ashes, joy for mourning, praise for heaviness. The cross, the blood, the tomb looked like defeat, but listen, let me tell you what it was. It was victory. The end was the beginning. Let's all stand if we would, please. This Easter morning we stand here and we have a choice. The choice is ours. God rolled away the stone when he sent Jesus to die for us. He rolled away the stone for me and for you and all of us in this place and everybody in the world. Death and resurrection means that you can have salvation. Here's the thing, we make salvation a hard chore, but basically, if you don't know who Jesus is, very simply to say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. Forgive me, I've sinned against you. Can you come into my heart? Can you make me new? And the Bible says if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, you can be saved. And maybe you don't know Jesus in this place this morning. I'm gonna ask you to pray that prayer. Mean that prayer. There's gonna be someone up here on the left and the right of the altar too to pray with you and agree with you on that. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. Jesus rolled away the stone. He can take care of you too. Maybe there's some of you all out there that your stone's been, listen to me, your stone has been rolled away and you're still sitting in the tomb. It's open access. You, you can, oh, I just saw this picture. You can look outside and see the light. You can look outside of that tomb and go, man, I wish I was out there. And Jesus is all the time trying to tell you, I've already rolled the stone away. All you gotta do is get up and walk out of your tomb. So I'm gonna ask you this morning, if you've been in your tomb, get up and walk out of your tomb this morning. As we get ready to worship, get out here and walk down to these altars and let's walk out of our tomb. Maybe you're still wrapped in those grave clothes. Maybe you're still wrapped up in that thing that, man, I wish I could get out of that. I wish I could just get away. Jesus right now is gonna release you from the grave clothes this morning. Holy Spirit is here this morning and he's gonna do a great work. Jesus is what Easter's all about. It's not about peanut butter eggs, which I've almost tried to get every kid's goodie bag out of here. It's not about the eggs. It's not about the Easter bunny, which that's okay. It's about him. And here's the thing about Easter. Today can be a new day for you. It could be a new start. And I'm telling you, so many, so many times the enemy comes in and tells you, man, you've been too far out and you've done too much and you've been too gone. You can never go back. Well, I'm telling you what, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of freedom. Today is the day that can be your day that can change the rest of your life. Take a step out this morning. We're gonna end this service with worship. If you need prayer, we're gonna be up here at the front for you. 
And as we worship, I want you to shake off. Sometimes you just gotta shake it off. You gotta shake off those grave clothes of the past. You gotta shake off those things the enemy keeps speaking to you about. And you gotta put them in the graveyard for good. Don't, Don't even mark the territory where they were. Let's bury them for good this morning. You gotta come out of that tomb you've been trapped in. Today is the day of salvation. So let's rise because he's risen. We hope you enjoyed this message on the My Big Church podcast. We thank everyone who has given to support this ministry. To find out more about how to support financially or more about Big Church, you may visit our website, mybigchurch.com. If you live in the Louisville, Kentucky area and don't have a church home, we would love to have you as our guest at Big Church. We are located at 7209 Faganbush Lane in Louisville, and we have worship services at 945 and 1130 every Sunday. Thank you again for listening to the My Big Church Podcast.